Hey there, welcome back. I'm Jesse D, a master's student in ecology and evolution, and an open world RPG gamer. I just submitted my thesis for external review, which means I'll be defending it in a couple weeks. So pretty soon I'll have to change my intro. Today you're listening to episode 4 of Gamer's Guide to Ecology, where I play popular open world RPGs from an ecological perspective. On today's episode, I answer your questions that you sent me about Red Dead Redemption 2 and or ecology in general. I'm wrapping up my playthroughs of RDR2 this week, but you can follow along with all my playthroughs at twitch.tv slash justjessyd on Thursday and Friday nights from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. I had a couple great questions come in from friends and listeners over the last month, so let's dive right in. Question number one I got came from Twitter. What is carrying capacity? And how well does RDR2 model it? Carrying capacity is the number of individuals that an ecosystem can support or sustain. For small animals that don't take up a lot of space, that number can be high. For large animals that eat a lot, for example, that number can be small. It gets even more complicated when you imagine that different types of plants and animals are all sharing the same space. How many resources do they need to live year-round indefinitely? Things can get pretty out of balance if carrying capacity is exceeded and resources are depleted. RDR2 does a pretty good job of modeling carrying capacity, actually. I'm probably not going to find a bear every time I wander into the woods, but I'll definitely see a squirrel or a rabbit or a deer. At times, I find it is a few too many rabbits or deer, but in terms of the predator-to-prey ratio, I think it does a pretty good job. Question number two, what does endemic mean? Great question. Endemic means that a plant or animal is only found in a certain area. A good example of this in the game is the macaw. There are three types of macaw in RDR2 and all of them can be found exclusively in Guarma. This means that they're endemic to that island that you visit in the story and are found nowhere else. It can also mean that a plant or animal is native to a certain area, meaning that it is or was naturally found there. If an organism is no longer found in an area to which it is native, it's said to be extirpated. Remember the bison from episode 1? Humans hunted bison to such extremes in the 1800s that they were nearly wiped out. They were extirpated from large areas of land like Banff National Park that they were previously abundant on, meaning that there used to be a lot of them. Now, there are scientists and conservationists working closely with indigenous leaders to reestablish the population of bison in those areas. Go check out the Banff Bison Reintroduction Program at their Bison blog. I'll post the link in the episode notes. There are some really cool photos in it. Question 3. Why are there so many different types of squirrels, foxes, and sheep in this game? So you might have noticed that while playing the game, you come across what seems like different types of the same animal. Four types of foxes, maybe three types of squirrels, four types of sheep... Would it surprise you to know that these different types of the same animal aren't actually the same animal? They're actually different species? Uh, There's quite some debate among biologists and ecologists as to what constitutes a species, but I won't go into the what is a species debate here. So let's just define a species as an organism that can only mate with others of its species. That is to say that species are reproductively isolated. 
This might happen a number of different ways. It could simply be because they live in different parts of the landscape, different parts of the world. It could be because they have specific vocalizations or behaviors that attract only mates of their same species. It could be that they're active at specific times of the day, like diurnal species that are active during the daytime and nocturnal species that are active during night. Some closely related species even share the same tree but hang out at different heights. On an even smaller scale, their gametes, which are their sperm and eggs, might be incompatible, or their DNA might combine into a sterile hybrid. These are all examples of ways that species are reproductively isolated. All of these related species may share a common ancestor, which is exactly what it sounds like. If the base of a tree is the common ancestor, its four branches are four different species. This common ancestor at some point in time went through the process of adaptive radiation, which is where many similar species evolved from it. A perfect example of this are the Galapagos finches. Google it. See how similar they look? They all have slightly different features that make them particularly suited to occupy a certain niche. So I guess the answer to your question about why are there so many different foxes is because the common ancestor to those four foxes diversified into them. This happens through a process called natural selection. Natural selection can be a disturbance event or an ongoing force. Animals with adaptations that do well under the disturbance survive and produce offspring, while those that don't, die. Sometimes selection acts in a specific direction, like making beaks bigger. Sometimes it favors the mean, like making sure all the medium-sized beaks are similarly sized. Sometimes it acts in two opposite directions at once, like when birds with small or large beaks do well, but birds with medium-sized beaks don't. When disturbance and selection continue for hundreds of thousands of years, populations can change until they look or act differently enough that they're no longer able to mate with their ancestor. That's how you get species that might look like the same animal. That's evolution. That wraps up my four-part series on in-game ecology of Red Dead Redemption 2. For September, I'm diving under the waves to bring you in-game ecology of Subnautica. Thanks to you, my listeners, for tuning in today. It's been great hearing your feedback and questions. If you'd like to support the podcast, click the follow button on whichever platform you're listening today and download new episodes as they come out. Please follow my Twitch channel as well to help me hit affiliate. Come say hi and chat with me during streams at twitch.tv slash justjessied. That's J-U-S-T-J-E-S-S-I-E-D. Your support means that I can buy more open world RPG games and keep making episodes about in-game ecology. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to catch you next time. Podcast art is by Laura LeBlanc and theme music is called Rain Song by Brett Eagleston. You can hear more of his music at bretteagleston.bandcamp.com.